Hello, world, and welcome to the most relevant tech podcast out there, the Gadget Cast. I am your host, Gregory McFadden, joined always by the almost equally as good co host, Travis MCP. I'm super happy to be here. And as you know, GadgetCast is such a huge part of our lives. So to be back and be live across all these streams, I'm super excited, baby. It is so, so exciting. Uh, Greg, we, here, look, Greg, oh. uh, breaking news. This is literally, so for those of you in the audio podcast that are never here for the live stream, we talk about some stuff in the pre-show and the post-show. And one of the things we just said before we went live was, you know, are we ready to go? Let's go. And we had talked about how the pre-show now, I mean, there's people that show up, which we're happy for. And the post-show, people seem to leave. But during the podcast, people show up because we are the most relevant podcast. Immediately as you hit record, 20 people show up. <laughs> I don't know how that happens. How is this? How is yeah, this happening? You know, you know people, <clears throat> they're not here for the boring parts. They're here for the entertainment. But uh, Travis, I think we got to toot our own horn just a little bit. Uh, we've been very guest-heavy on the past few shows. Want to thank John Prosser. Want to thank Renee Ritchie for joining us for those shows and and Michael Fisher and John Rettinger. We've so many guests. It's been a it's been a crazy couple of weeks uh, doing these shows. But because we've had guests, we kind of you know we were you know we're being a little more reserved in uh, in our success. You know, uh, so we got a couple of milestones right. Um, yeah. We probably mentioned it on the last show, but you know not not you know we didn't want to go too crazy. But uh, we were in the top one hundred charts for Apple Podcasts. I think we got as whoop, high whoop. as like the forties at one point. Which was awesome for for a podcast that started six months ago, folks. Six months ago, and we're already in the top 100 Apple Podcast chart. And that, if you're not familiar with the world of podcasting, that is the play, that is like the YouTube of podcasting. It is, um, it has the majority of the audience. Like 60 to 70 percent of the audience is listening on Apple Podcasts. So that is a huge milestone for us. <clears throat> we also got past 1000 subscribers on YouTube, right? For the live shows and stuff like that. And you can see that in the in the chat right now if you're in the live show with us, which a lot of people are. And um it is it has been a crazy ride, Travis. We're doing great. Yeah, I'm super excited. Um people seem to be really getting behind Gadgetcast. We've known for a while it's a good show. And the people that have been here in the live stream, people who have been following us and um listening to the shows for the last couple months, all know that it's been a good show. We've had a lot of fun and we've talked about a lot of things. I think finally what's happening is we're getting some momentum going and we're bringing new people into the place. You know what I mean? We're having fun. I'm super excited and uh, we have a lot to talk about today. So, and by the way, we've had some long episodes lately. We normally go 35, 40 minutes. The last couple episodes have gone over an hour. I, I hope people have enjoyed that. I think they might have, but we've also had some like pretty good guests lately and the, the listens yeah, have been story. higher than ever. So I don't know if that's a correlation of people like the longer shows or um, people just like the guests that we had. Um, you can leave us a voicemail, right? And you can leave us emails. You can find that all in the show notes or in the YouTube description if you're watching in the live show. Uh, you can leave us a voicemail on Anchor. So let us know. Do you like the longer shows better or do you like shorter shows better? And if you if if enough people send us voicemails one way or the other, that will heavily influence our decision going forward. So if you like long shows, let us know. Otherwise, me and Travis might just be keeping them short. And, and then you're missing out on our amazing uh, content. Greg basically means we're easily influenced, which is true. Yes. This is a true, this is a true story. Yeah. We're easily influenced. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm above the influence, so... 
You're above the. Are you yeah. the most influential? I uh, yeah. I'm a. I'm a. I'm the most influential person on YouTube. I think. <laughs> um. You know, just little little behind Mr. Beast, but we'll we'll get there eventually. I think. Yeah. Exactly. I think it's. I think it's important to uh, just real quick before we get into the, all the stuff we're going to talk about today, just to take a moment and say thank you for everyone who's joined us. We know that a lot of crazy stuff going on out there, and we definitely appreciate your time that you give us. Um, we know that uh, you have other things you could be doing besides listening to us. So we thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Uh, obviously, don't watch Greg's shows or any of his videos. You know, you, cancel Greg. You, you should be thanking effect. me, to be honest with you. So I'm I'm opposite <laughs> of Travis. Uh, you know, put your cancel Greg's in the chat. I think you should be thanking us for putting on a great show every week. And uh, what else do you got to do? You know, you know what else do you got to do? There's nothing to do. We, you know, you're welcome. <laughs> so. Longer like Viper streams. Well, funny you mentioned the man about tech. Oh, yeah. Viper Viper will be joining us next week on the show. So if you are a fan of Viper, uh, or even if you haven't heard of Viper, you're going you're gonna to learn some stuff about uh, the man about tech. So next week, we will have Viper joining us. Woo! All right. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, I told Viper, you know, I said we we're going to have you on the show. He wanted to really be on the show. And I'm like, of course, I told Travis before even he asked to be on the show. I told Travis like a, like a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, we got to get Viper on the show. So I actually told Travis that. But I told Viper to be in the chat this week and I'm not seeing him. So, you know, I might, be to, here. He usually I, comes know, I might have to rescind that invitation, Viper. If you're, if you're here, <laughs> let it be known. Otherwise, you know, I'm getting a little offended over here. Viper, uh, Firestar in the chat says, how much more before you get YouTube moolah? So for, I don't think we talked about this on the podcast. We talked about it in the pre-show. So we have over 1,000 subscribers, which is one of the things that um, YouTube requires before you can get a monetization. We need 4,000 watch hours. We are about 700 watch hours short. Um, so that means basically as people watch, there's, there's watch time and it adds up. So we should hit that in a week or two. So um, we'll be available for Super Chats. Uh, well, the problem is once we apply for monetization, it might take a while because they are short-staffed uh, at YouTube. Um, someone asked a question here. Uh, oh, no. Actually, Sean in the chat said he will watch Greg's episodes if he can't if he needs to fall asleep. Thank yep. you. <clears throat> you know, just put on the That's playlist. Right. Hey, put on the playlist, autoplay. If you're, I don't care. You know, it's all good. It's all watch time to me. If you want to yeah, fall asleep, the that, means you're watching the, that means you're watching the whole video because you left the player <laughs> on, you know, so it's that's good for me. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Everyone who's living the live stream, hit that uh, that like button. Uh, all right, let's get into it, Greg. What what are we covering today? Oh, man. Yeah. We got to do a tech show. Oh, my God. I was, you know. I forgot about that. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. We got to tell people in, who are listening to that. Sorry. <laughs> so people who are on the live stream can see the little banner running, but people who are listening to audio are missing the fact that we now have a Twitter account. Ah. At Real so, Gadgetcast. Yeah. At Real Gadgetcast. Because go. they're... Because we're the real gadget. <laughs> <laughs> we're the real. It'll be one. in the show notes. There's, there's the another. There's another gadget cast, but you know they like did like two shows in like the seventies and they gave up. So pretty sure. <laughs> pretty sure that's ours. We're gonna do a hostile takeover of their Twitter handle eventually. But uh, we should. <laughs> okay, okay, sorry, you were saying. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? Yeah, new products came out. Uh, we got um, the new iPhone SE and uh, the new Magic Keyboard. Now, I know you have the iPhone SE, so we should probably start yes. off with that uh, yes. because you're still waiting on your Magic Keyboard. But we could talk yeah, about I'll that tell more you about towards my, the end uh, of the show. Keyboard. But I think most people, Travis, are excited about this phone, this mm. iPhone SE. Uh, $399, modern A13 chip, and... Um, I'm finding the camera's good on it, which I, well, you know, we talked about this previously on the show a bunch of times. I'm like, 
uh, you know, I'm a little worried about that camera. It looks like they're using the older eights uh, hardware with it. And they're kind of giving us this marketing talk of, oh, we're using the A13 to do our computational photography better. But I, I, I think it's a true claim because I've been taking pictures with it a lot on the front and rear facing camera. And I'm, I'm pretty impressed with it. What are, what are your overall impressions of the iPhone SE, Travis? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a smaller phone. I'm not a huge fan of small um, mm. screens. The, the photo and video quality, video quality blew me away. Um, after I took the pictures and stuff that you can watch in my review, I remember putting them into my timeline and I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> like the video and picture quality, I was, I was not expecting that because I guess the lens is actually from the iPhone 8. Not to say that's bad, totally isn't. The, um, but the computational portion apparently is next level because... If you watch Michael Fisher's video on the SE, um, you'll notice that he has the iPhone 8 next to the iPhone SE, and there is a difference. There's there's a definite difference. And if the only real difference is the computational portion, that is really amazing because it looks great. I am, as a foreigner, like if you're just looking for a smart, uh, if you want like to take video and stuff and you're looking at camcorders, like oh, I don't want to spend the money, get an iPhone SE for video and pictures. Like it's better than most uh, you know, what are they called up uh, point and shoot cameras? It's, it's really incredible. Yeah. That's actually an interesting uh, argument you make, uh, going way back. I haven't had any experience with camcorders recently, but, um, getting a $400 camcorder when I was doing YouTube at the beginning was like, do not do that. The video quality will look awful. So you're probably right in that this $400 iPhone, uh, for video probably outdoes, uh, camcorders. And I, and I've, I've seen some articles that I've been reading and I've been, you know, one of the things I was disappointed by was the lack of night mode. And I think Renee uh, explained it to me that there is actually some hardware uh, with the more recent iPhone 11s that kind of enables the night mode. So, it, so it does that. Oh. Um, so it's not, it's not completely software based. So, okay. Mm. Um, but you know, I was really thinking about this in the context of that the pixel 4a should be coming out pretty soon. And if we know Google, it's going to be the same exact camera as the pixel four. Now, in in a head-to-head -head comparison, you might go, well, because it has night mode, by, by default, it will win the camera wars, right? Because mm -hmm. the pictures are kind of, you know, uh, I, like, I love the pictures that the iPhone takes, but I think most people, it's a toss-up, right? Like some people go, I prefer the way that the, the Pixel takes the pictures. It's a little more dramatic. Oh, I prefer the more natural look of the iPhone. It's, it's kind of taste at that point. But they both take excellent still photography. And the Pixel should win because it has night mode, right? So you're going to get better yeah. low light shots. But then I'm reminded all the time of just how good iPhone video quality is. And then yeah. you just go, okay, so it's not a complete like, oh, well, the Pixel will have the better camera because, I mean, we'll see what Google does. But uh, they uh, traditionally, they are, they are not doing uh, the best on the video front where they do, you know, pretty good on the camera front. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to talk when we start to finish up talking about the SE, I want to talk about what I think this will do for the industry at large, especially when it comes to Samsung. Sure. I think that's super important. So don't let me forget that. But I did see oh, something in chat that I know you mentioned to me directly, Let's do it. Uh, which is uh, not this video. It's right. Uh, wait, I think tech for your needs said it. Yes. The only negative to me about the SE is okay. the battery. Tell me about your battery life. Okay, so I told Travis this immediately. I'm like, I really like this phone. This is a great phone. The only thing I'm worried about is battery life. Now, it's really hard for me to judge it right now because I just got the phone. I'm using it all the time. I'm testing out all the features. I'm shooting B-roll of it. It's on like all the time. 
and it, the battery is just going down quick. But I also, <clears throat> I'm used to my iPhone 11 Pro Max. And I know even when I was doing B-roll of that, that thing was just such a tank. It could just last all day with me no matter what I was doing with it. Oh, look, Viper is there. So Viper is redeemed. He can come on the show next week. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> he is redeemed. Sorry, sorry to go Viper up to um, So yeah, the battery life on the SE is my big worry. Um, maybe it's not, and I don't even know, is it bad battery or is it just that the Pro Max is so good that I'm used to it and now anything that isn't at that level is a bad battery. Now, as I'm sitting here today, my usage with this has been a little bit lighter. So <clears throat> we're at 516 Eastern time here. I woke up at about eight o'clock today and I'm at 34% battery life. How much do you have a screen on time? Kind so of I don't think I have an accurate one. I think I'm gonna have to wait till like later tonight to find that out because if I go to my screen on time, it's still calculating the last 24 hours when this okay. thing was on and, and being charged up and stuff like that. So by the end of tonight, I should have a more accurate representation of screen on time or I could go add it all up and I can't do that on the gadget cast right now. <laughs> but so right now this was like, this was like a normal more normal day. The the usage was there. Like I was using the phone for sure a lot. Um, but yesterday was really heavy usage. So I'm looking at 5.17 p.m. And I'm looking at 34%. And I'm going, you know, that's okay. That's passable, actually. <clears throat> if I can make it through a normal work day and come home and maybe I have to charge it at night, my, my smartphone usage at night tends to be less than it is in the morning. Maybe that's passable for most people. For me though, I like I said, I'm we're I think we're both like pretty much like power users. We're both probably on our phone way way more than we should be. Um so I think for most people it'll probably be fine, but if you're used to the like say if you had like a 10R and I think maybe there might be a segment of the audience like this, if you have a 10R and you're like maybe I should like upgrade slash downgrade to this one to get the newer processor and maybe I want to try out the smaller size then I think you might feel the pain point. If you're used to the iPhone, you know, 6, 7, uh, 6S, 7, or 8, you probably won't even notice it. You'll probably be like, oh, yeah, it's it's very similar to what I already had. Yeah. No, I know. I think at the end of the day, um, the battery life is going to be interesting for the people who buy it because I believe their usage might be slightly different than uh, power users, as you were mentioning. Um, I also think if we're really – although I've been seeing some people in my comments, and you have to tell me if your comments are the same – some people are actually considering downgrading. Yes. I think I had a couple people in my comments. One person had like an iPhone 11 or something like, I'm, I can't wait to get this. Or, you know, I've seen a lot of people, which is, I'm a little bit shocked that are, that are considering quote downgrading. Um, is that something you're seeing as well? Yes. Yeah, so I actually saw uh, Erica Griffin on Twitter. I don't know if you follow her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, she was saying that she plans on downgrading or, or already is, you know, kind of downgrading to the SE because of the size. Uh, people Weird. like this size. It is, it is way, way. And I, you know, I'm sure Travis got the big hands. I, I said almost every tech YouTuber I see is like, I got big hands and uh, I need the biggest <laughs> phone possible. Listen, guys, I got small hands. I'm not going to hide it, you know, whatever. Uh, so <laughs> this, this fits great in my hand and it, and it really does. It's a nice phone to use. Now the display is smaller than what I'm used to, but I don't know. I find it totally like workable. I don't feel like I'm missing out on too much. Especially me being Mr. Spoiled, having especially being at home, it's like, well, if I want the big display, I'll just go grab my 12.9 inch iPad and go use that. And if I need to carry this around with me, if it's a 4.7 inch display, it's 
it is uh, kind of tempting, uh, especially putting it in your pocket. It just like, it slides in there real, it doesn't feel like you have anything there. The phone's super light, right? You notice that coming from the Pro Max. It, uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's quite light to hold in the hand. And on top of all this, Travis, is this not like the perfect like quarantine phone? Because uh, mm. I'm in Jersey, you know, we got the we got the thing pretty bad over here. And when you when you're wearing a face mask, face ID does not work. It, it quickly exposes this flaw where you've never even noticed it before. Because I've never worn a face mask in my life up until this point. Mm. And now with this phone, it's like, oh yeah, it's it's got fingerprint, so I don't have to worry about it when I'm going outside. I just unlock it. So now it's yeah, it's it's really interesting. Yeah, I think it's uh, there. It is it is retro. It's kind of a yes. retro thing. <laughs> um, the chin and, and forehead on that thing is, is vicious. I mean, it's that's that's some new game right there. But I think the people that are going to buy it aren't going to care too much. I like I said, the thing that's kind of shocking me are some of the people that are willing to step down yeah. from where they are. But that indicates that they never wanted to quote step up. They always wanted to be on a phone like this um, rather than be kind of forced, which is what Apple had done when they started removing um, Touch ID. Having said that, what I think is really going to be interesting about this phone is, A, we expect it to sell well, even though we're in a place where financially, so I guess, is first of all, relative, what is selling well? It will not sell as many as it would have if the pandemic had not happened. We know this. But... It will still likely be one of the better selling phones of the year. Um, and it will hopefully push Samsung to do something similar. This is what happened a couple years ago when the 10R came out and then the S10e came out. Uh, weirdly, Samsung completely went the opposite direction this year and are definitely paying the price for it. Um, hopefully next year they'll consider something more along these lines. Now you could say they have the A series, the A5171. Those phones, in a lot of ways, don't exist. Not to say that they don't sell, but when you think about the grand scheme of tech life, there are a couple of people who cover them and the vast majority who do not. Um, the SE has been covered by everybody. Everybody. It exists. In my mind, the A-Series does not exist. Now, it does sell well. There are the average consumers that buy them, but I think it's really important to have the overall knowledge of this line to exist. Uh, I know some that might trigger some people like, oh, of course it exists, just how they sell a bunch of them. Listen to what I'm saying. Everyone covered the SE. Very few people cover the A series. Just understand what I'm saying when I say that. I think it's super important that you really understand that that's important. Like get the Samsung S10e kind of thing back into the game. I mean, it was covered. People loved that phone. It, you had, I think you bought one, didn't you? Yeah, great phone. Yeah, everyone loved it. So bring it back, a new version, a top processor, do all the things, five, four or $500, and uh, you know, do something interesting with it. I, I, I really like the SC, and I told people <clears throat> to get it over, over the uh, other versions then because... Um, the in-display fingerprint reader was pretty slow and, and spotty. And um, they were st they still had that more, uh, they still had the design where the screen went way more to the edge even than the S20 does. And you just got like so many accidental touches where the S10e just kind of had the flat display. So it was it was better on a lot of fronts. Um, and and, and um, they even had like the single camera punch hole rather than like the pill-shaped one. So you yeah. had some like real benefits for going for that cheaper design that I liked a lot. 
Uh, so yeah, I, I would love to see Samsung and, uh, we, we know Google's going to do something similar with the 4A mm -hmm. and that's going to be a really interesting comparison to make. And, and Google found out very, very quickly that the A series of phones, their, their A series, 3A, uh, 3A XL sell well, um, a good quality phone with a reasonable price will sell. OnePlus is going the opposite direction. Um, I think if, if they had hung tight in that mid-range phone pricing, they could be dominating right now in a in a year in which they would not be so ill-prepared for the economic situation that they are in. If people are going to spend money, first of all, I love the OnePlus 7 Pro, I probably would like the OnePlus 8 Pro, but in order, the, the people who are gonna survive by selling flagship phones this year are only gonna be the top of the top, and they're gonna be hurt. Anyone else in the middle is getting, you're getting, you're getting ganked. Uh, had OnePlus really hung tight in the $500 to $400 range, this year would probably be one of their best, weirdly. Like, they because Samsung dropped the ball. They, they went too high, and this year they're going to they're gonna pay for it. Sam, uh, Apple is now bringing out the SE, which now makes Android lovers go, it would be nice if we had something like that. Now, they will make fun of Apple users. They will make fun of that phone, but secretly they will wish that there was a option just like that. Maybe not with small bezels and stuff, but a less expensive option with a great camera, with a great processor that's going to be covered from end to end from for operating system updates and for security updates for many years to come. I personally, as an Android lover, would love that. I would be all about that life, but it didn't happen. Yeah, and I think Apple makes the correct sacrifices on a phone like this, whereas where, where the Android... If, if this was an Android phone, and there are Android phones kind of like this SE, but they will focus on the wrong things. They will go for the all-screen design on the budget model, and they will put in things that are niceties and things that people like you and me really appreciate. But like if I show this phone to like a regular person and I go, hey, look at these, uh, look at these big bezels. What do you think about that? And they'll just be like, what? <laughs> like, okay. So um, what Apple really gets right here, Travis, and you talked about this in your video, they give you the most powerful processor in this. So even though you are losing out on the newer design, uh, you are losing out on Face ID, um, you get a phone that's going to be supported for four to five years with software updates, and you get a phone that is just as fast as the flagship models. Um, I know someone wanted us to talk about this throttle or underclock issue with, with the SE. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know my, my multi-core, I did like the geek bench thing where it's like you do the multi-core and my multi-core was lower. My single core was about the same as the 11, but I, I don't know if that has, this phone also has three gigabytes of Ram. I'm really not sure, you know, how, how that's factoring into scores. Um, the processors, the number of the clock speeds exactly the same. And I've seen some articles saying it's not underclocked, but all you really have to know is, I can go between this phone and the $1,000, you know, iPhone 11 Pro, and they feel exactly the same in how smooth they are in yeah. any app, you know? So yeah, that's the 100%. And you know what? As Doxon says on uh, Twitter, I actually would absolutely rock the SE Plus because I love the S the, the 8 so much, the 8 Plus so much, I probably would rock the SE Plus. Um, real quick, uh, I belong to Halo. Are you going to be covering the Motorola phone? Uh I I personally probably will not. I'm I'm assuming you won't be. 
Oh, uh, I, I'm not sure which yeah. one. I mean, I don't think so. <laughs> I know that there's a new, um, I think it's LG or whatever that's doing like this velvet phone or whatever. There's a bunch of phones coming out. There's nothing wrong with like the phones that are coming out. It's just we're in a very unfortunate time where people are money-wise, um, decisions have to be made smartly. And they're now looking, some people are looking more critically at the purchases they're making and wondering, do I even have to make a phone purchase this year? Yeah. I want to I address this question from Ryan in the chat who says, uh, why okay. do you need all that power in a phone? It's not even that you need the power in the phone today. It's that the power in the phone means it's good for five years or the power in the phone <clears throat> is doing that computational photography stuff where even though it has the same camera hardware as the older iPhone 8, it's taking fantastic pictures. And you can even get um, all the portrait mode stuff with just the single lens stuff, which Apple used to never do. Uh, but it, it's mostly about software support and making sure that this phone is going to get, <laughs> what are we on now? iOS 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, I, iOS 18. So it's not, it's not even about like, oh, I want to, you know, render 4K video on it, even though you can, you can. But it's more about just keeping the phone supported for a longer period of time and also making sure by the time you are at iOS 18 or whatever, that the phone still feels smooth. Um, right. because I have the original iPhone SE and it still runs iOS 13. And that phone was released four years ago and it feels so smooth still, even, even though it's a four-year-old phone. Um, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't have any four-year-old Android phones laying around, but I'm, I'm gonna guess it's not the same. And I'm guessing they're not on the latest, uh, <laughs> version of Android right now. That's, that's just a guess. I saw some uh, in their chat about the OnePlus 8 screens having issues, and I'm like, come on, I haven't even ordered mine yet. Uh, <laughs> they better figure that out before I ever get my hands on one. I'm already feeling like roasting them for not sending me one, and I have reasons to feel that way. But uh, if, they, if I get one and it's terrible, I'm definitely roasting them. The $1,000 Motorola phone is a bizarre version of $400 iPhone. I must not know which Motorola phone this is. I must have uh, – I've been real busy the last couple of days. I, I missed whatever one it is. I'll have to check. If someone wants to link it up, if one of the mods want to link it up in the chat, I'd be happy to pull it up. Uh, yeah, so I heard this. So the OnePlus 8 is cheaper in than the SE in India. I got a comment on this in my um, on one of my recent videos, and I was shocked by that. Uh, the Indian pricing was announced after the SE release, so I wonder how much global pricing has affected the SE came first. This is this is. Let's say so for people who don't know, because we we do have listeners all over the world. The the OnePlus 8 in America is substantially more expensive than the iPhone SE, but in a weird turn of events. And I knew know that OnePlus was targeting India pretty strongly because they realized how, how much of an opportunity there is there. They made the OnePlus cheaper than the iPhone SE in India, which is smart. Um, but I believe it's one of the only places in the world where that's the case. It's, it's kind of interesting, really an interesting move. Yeah. Oh, one Motorola Edge is a one thousand dollar Verizon exclusive. Oh, can you stop doing carrier exclusives, <laughs> bro? What is this? Does that 2011? ever work out for anyone? Apple, yes, it worked out well, for Apple it with worked the out, iPhone. Well, well, you know, they they only had to do the carrier exclusive because uh, Verizon and all them wouldn't. They wanted to control the software on the phone, so they're like, all right, let's go with the weakest yeah. link. Uh, let's get uh, <laughs> what was it? Singular at the time. They weren't even AT and T, and they're like, we'll, oh we'll give you this Apple phone. Uh, just let us make sure we control everything, and we'll get you some uh, customers. They're like, okay, and then and then with that strategy, not having the iPhone on your network was losing people customers left and right. So they're like, all right, we'll let you do whatever you want. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, can you answer this question by Jeremy, and then I'm gonna pull up the Edge Plus. 
take a look at the edge. I, I don't know, Jeremy, uh, what the exact hardware is. I, I you know, um, I believe Prosser said it was the same as the eight. Um, now, I, I don't, it doesn't really matter what the hardware is on it, though. Just know that the pictures are better than the 10R. <clears throat> they are better than the 10R. That's all you have to know. Um, so, Flash saying what? Oh, sorry. Yeah, they are definitely, it's definitely, well, I'm doing a 10R versus a SE video. Uh, I'll definitely be doing a lot of photos between the two. What do major Android manufacturers have to do to be successful in China? China has a, uh, is in a stranglehold by companies like Oppo and Huawei that are there. Um, it is very difficult to be Samsung. And while Samsung does sell well there and uh, Apple has been selling better there, it's it may be impossible to beat a Chinese manufacturer um, in China just because of uh, the amount of like, I don't want to say loyalty, but um, I don't know the the nationwide loyalty. I guess is part of it. Let's let's take a look at this. This is the Microsoft, or sorry, the uh, Motorola Edge Plus. This is a <laughs> nice looking phone. It looks like basically, well, the back is ugly. Uh, so for those of you listening on the audio podcast, we're pulling up the Motorola Edge Plus. So if you uh, you know go to your your phone, if you're listening to the podcast, and if you can multitask on your phone uh, and pull up the Motorola Edge Plus. It's an interesting looking phone. I the front looks very um, Galaxy Note-ish uh, with the 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 side, the little splash over that some people might like. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't understand. I mean, it's a nice looking phone. Every And by the way, 5G. So all the Android phones this year are 5G because they're all using the 865, which has 5G built into it, which is also why some of the phones are more expensive because that's just, it is what it is. The 865 does not come without the 5G modem. So you basically are getting 5G. Um, at the end of the day, am I buying a thousand dollar Motorola phone? Probably never, no matter how good it is, which is, I mean, listen, it, it might be really good, but I'm not going to, cause here's the thing. I don't know what their, what their software support's going to be like. How yeah. long are they going to support me on this? How do I know that Motorola doesn't eventually look at this as a lost leader and go, you know what? Uh, sorry, we can't support this anymore. No more updates for you. I, I'm sorry. Not going to happen for me. Yeah. Uh, the, the only Motorola phone I was interested in was the Razer and uh, that quick, you know, and they had all the creaky hinged stuff. I'm just like, I'm just gonna get the flip. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. There was a question about masks not working with a face ID in mm -hmm. the chat. Yeah, I tried scanning my face again, doing the alternate appearance uh, to get it to work with the mask and it just wouldn't it wouldn't even do the startup <laughs> for for face scanning. It said you're you're you know, we can't see your face. Um, <clears throat> so yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Apple ushered in the 1000 motor <laughs> mobile phone. So SC could end it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Apple almost, it almost feels like Apple trolled people because they were the first to the $1,000 phone and then quickly have gone back the opposite direction. And it feels like everyone else is now kind of going that direction. And Apple's like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> psych. <laughs> Say psych right now. Psych. <laughs> <laughs> We got a question for both of us. Do we think iPhone 7 will get iOS 14 this year? Yes. Josh, Thomas, I believe you are going to get iOS 14. Whether or not it's going to work well on your phone, I don't know. I don't know. I think it will, and you will get iOS 14. So it's likely downgraded. Yeah. So let, let's real quick talk. Um, oh, 95 Mac has a well, we we don't we don't believe in 95 Mac. 95 Mac has a video showing you can use a mask with Face ID. I mean, there might be. Um, face ID works with my sunglasses on, which I think is interesting because it obscures most of my face. So that's working. 
Um, maybe maybe I, I have to try harder. I, I I just couldn't get it to work. So well, I'll look up yeah. the video. Um, what was I going to say? Because we were just talking about. I think I think what's what's going to be really interesting this year is to figure out what. So everything that manufacturers are learning this year, you will see in their products a year or two from now. I mean, if anyone who can really turn around manufacturing quickly, you'll see it next year. For the most part, it'll be end of next year, early 2022, when you start seeing the learnings from this year. Now, the learnings are heavily because of the pandemic. Uh, but the ripples will probably last for a while. So that means pricing is going to be really important. Um ways to unlock your phone where you don't necessarily, where you can have a mask on, which might be, you know, improved fingerprint sensing or maybe retina display uh, scanning like uh, Samsung used to do. I mean, we might see some of that stuff kind of be the new important thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, there's rumors that uh, of a, you know, a fingerprint scanner on the next iPhones and all this stuff, who knows? Uh, I would be all in favor of just putting both options on there for, for Apple. I know Android, obviously you can do face unlock <clears throat> and fingerprint usually, even though it's yeah. not the same technology as face ID. Uh, but it looks like uh, <laughs> Google and Apple both kind of went for just face unlock only uh, with the latest pixel fours and stuff like that. So I would like to see them add both. And maybe this, maybe this is a good learning lesson of like, okay, maybe we need both because you don't know what kind of situation you're going to be <laughs> going forward. And, the, no and, and you can just make your phone super extra secure. That might be a selling feature. Like, hey, they need your face and they need your fingerprint. You know, that's it. You want to get in? Bam. Lock it down. So um, we'll come back to any questions in the chat about phones, <laughs> but I do want to make sure we hit that iPad magic keyboard, baby. So, so because... Hold on. I have thoughts. You have, oh, are you done with the SC? Not, nothing to add? Uh, I am, I'm personally done. I, I think... Like I said, my my last thing is I'm really interested to see what Samsung does with this information. And if they sell well this year, what Samsung does in the next year or so. Okay, that's fair. And I'm I'm sure we'll <clears throat> talk about the SE probably next week even too. A little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, just in case anything comes up. So Magic Keyboard, you don't have yours. I have mine. Uh, what are your thoughts on it first, Travis? <clears throat> and then I could talk about my experience using mine, I guess. So I ended up canceling mine last night. Ooh. So here's what happened. Uh, I ordered it from Amazon and they are not the first to get Apple products. Um, I was going to get it on Tuesday. I had ordered it the day they announced. Well, shortly after they announced it. Then I watched a bunch of people's reviews. I watched Greg's, believe it or not. Oh, I watched Canoopsies. I watched um, CJ Knows Tech. And the the main reason that I use the keyboard on an iPad anyway is for my edits and it's mainly the space bar. So then I started thinking, well, first of all, $350 cause I have the 12.9 edition is expensive for a keyboard, but I'd be basically buying it for a space bar. And Tra then I Travis, just what a out. space bar. This is <laughs> I'm like, Oh no, no, you can send me yours, but no, 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 I, I can't. For the for the uh, audio show, what what a ooh what a clickety clackety space bar that is. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, so you have no interest in the trackpad at all. I, I mean, uh, I've given my thoughts about the trackpad. I'd be I would go into it open minded. Uh, it's not like I'll never get it uh, if it goes on sale or something, maybe. But I have the regular keyboard case, which is fine. It's not excellent. No. I mean, you know that it's not excellent. Right. Uh, but. I, 
I also thought about him like, even if I was like, okay, yeah, it is better. I don't actually type enough on it for it to ever be a financially good decision. Okay. Yeah. But I'm interested. I'm curious about it. And when Apple stores open back up, I'll go see it in person. I think, yeah. See, that's that's the problem right now. You can't even go into the store and go, let me try this out. This thing looks so weird. Will it? Will I even like it? Three fifty, so much to spend. And take anything I say after this point, and I acknowledge that three fifty kind of seems like way too much for this thing. Um, <laughs> like even like if even if like the twelve point nine inch was three hundred, I think I'd be like more like that makes sense. And the 11 inches, 250, but it's kind of, I feel like it's almost insulting. That's the 12.9 is 350. I'm like, uh, all right. But anyway, um, I actually posted a, a, I guess it's a controversial tweet. I listed, I, I've been, I've been trying to grapple with this question, Travis. Um, cause I'm looking at this value proposition of taking the iPads hardware and adding in this keyboard. And I basically listed all the pros that the iPad Pro has over the MacBook Pro right now. Faster performance with the processor. Um, you know, ProMotion display. Uh, doesn't have a fan in it, so it doesn't like spin up and get loud. That's a common complaint with uh, some Apple laptops. Uh, doesn't heat up as much. Better battery life. All these different things, listing all the pros and stuff. And I put the prices right next to each other. And I said, with the Magic Keyboard, it's, you know, $1,350. And the MacBook Pro's $1,300. And it just created, people are still commenting in that thread and they're arguing and, and most of the people are like, it's great. I, you know, I love iPad OS and the other people are like, I need to run Xcode and I need to do 3D CAD design. So it stinks. And I'm just like, okay, well, I think maybe there's more of an argument in the middle here. And my, my point wasn't even to say like, oh, this is the only option for people. I'm, I'm recording this on an iMac. I can't do my job on an iPad. Absolutely not. Uh, I need I need a desktop computer or a laptop to get everything I need done. But at the same time, um, I, I, I'm trying to decide if this is overpriced in a way. I'm trying to be more fair because 350 is a lot of money. It's very expensive. But I'm trying to think like, well, what's the better option? Do you go like get a MacBook Pro or do you go get this with the keyboard if you want like a trackpad and, and all that stuff and you want, you know, like a, a traditional style keyboard? And it's it's difficult to answer that because I think this keyboard case is really well done in some ways. And in other ways, it's not. I think it's the best typing experience I've had like on any of Apple's portable stuff right now. I think it's better than their laptops, which is weird to say because uh, I, I used to use the smart keyboard cover. And like Travis said, it, it works and it's really lightweight when it's attached to the iPad, which is why I like that too. But the keyboard you know, it, it's soft keys. It doesn't feel like typing on a real keyboard, but I make it work. I type all the time on it before I got this thing. This thing, it's a scissor switch keyboard. It feels great. Um, <clears throat> the, you know, they're hard plastic keys, but the, but the device is also really heavy. You put this on here and you have it attached to your iPad pro and it weighs almost three pounds, which is the same weight as the 13 inch MacBook pro. If you got the MacBook air, it's less weight in total. It's less weight to carry around a MacBook Air with you, uh, if you if you get the 12.9 inch iPad. So it's interesting. Now, things I do like about this are the viewing angles. So if you use the smart keyboard cover, you know you got two viewing angles, and like <laughs> half of the like you want to just like adjust it like very slightly, right? Sometimes this you could do that with, and you can put it up a little bit higher. I wish the viewing angle was like just slightly more up for some things, 
Uh, but I, I rarely have to do that. But obviously with the design, how they did it, it would just tip over. So they can't do it with the design they went with. Um, it looks cool when you have it, right? <laughs> with it floating up in the air. It's a cool looking design. The extra USB-C port for charging it is really nice if you do need to attach external stuff uh, to the USB-C port. And then the trackpad, I've been using it a lot, like a lot, which goes almost against everything the iPad traditionally stood for of, you know, it's touch screen only and don't use this trackpad. Uh, but I have to say the trackpad works really well. And I don't, I've never been a fan of when they put keyboards on the iPads that you had to reach up and touch the display. Like I've never been like a fan of that unless I'm using the Apple pencil. Um, but like just doing it with my fingers and stuff like that, I'd rather just take the tablet off and use it like that or fold the keyboard back, which this thing's also great because it's so easy just to pull the tablet off the keyboard and then put it right back on. So there, there's a lot of pros and cons to it, but it's, it's, I'm trying to think like who really should get this? Cause it is really expensive. I like, I think you have to get it if you just want to use the iPad, like you like iPad better than Mac and you really want to make it into a laptop because it does make it more into a laptop. It does make text editing easier because you have precise input with the trackpad. So I really feel like it, you know, for me and stuff like that, it, I, I really, I'm using it and I like it a lot, but because I have a Mac and because, you know, I'm spoiled. I, I just don't know. Like if I was just a regular consumer, would I actually get this in a Mac? I don't think so. Like, I feel like I'd have to pick one or the other and I'd have to have really strong feelings about Mac or iPad. Like, I'd really have to love the iPad to get this. Yeah, I mean, I, and I love the iPad. Yeah. Um, so again, I've been editing my videos on it for well over a year. But, um, and you know, it was a curiosity purchase. It, had they shipped it earlier, I would have had it and, you know, would have made a decision between this and the regular keyboard. But, you know, the more I thought about it, it doesn't make sense for me and probably doesn't make sense for a lot of people. At the end of the day, it is interesting because there are other still fairly expensive, but less expensive, fairly expensive, but less expensive options from Logitech as well as from yes. Bridge. So there are some really great options out there um, that won't cost you as much, but they of course won't get the automatic charge from the, you know, the iPad, like they'll have to charge, you have to charge them separately, which is kind of a small thing uh, until you absolutely need the keyboard to work and the battery's dead and you have to charge it. Then it is a big thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of money for a keyboard. It, it is an absurd amount of money. You literally can get another iPad for that price. Yeah. I think John has a really good comment, uh, John from Front Page Tech. And, and this is actually really true. And, you know, me and you mm. bought new iPads. But uh, yeah, yeah if, I, if I had the 2018 iPad Pro, yeah, this would totally be like, oh, I've owned this for two years. Let me just get this purchase and get like this super sweet upgrade. And, and John's absolutely right. But when you're buying it 100%. all together, you, you start to look at the value. Now, what do you think about my comment that I made that like because you are an iPad guy, right? What do you yes. think is the better value? When I list all those negatives about the MacBook Pro and I list all the advantages about, about the iPad Pro, I think most people would probably agree that the iPad Pro is better hardware, right? Like, is that a fact, right? It's hard to know unless you can get same for same um, performance tests. And if Xcode comes, like John is saying, yes. and that some of the exact apps come over, the first thing I'd be interested in is Final Cut Pro. All you got to do is set up a render that's similar. Let's go. That's when we'll really find out. 
like how powerful is this iPad? We have a general idea. We have a pretty good idea, but it's on iPad OS, which is better than it ever has been. But let's go. Let's find out. Let's find out for sure. And it is, it is, um, it works well as it is right now. Obviously, they just mm -hmm. pushed this update out with like the cursor stuff in, in iPad OS 13. But uh, what, in like a month, we're going to see the next version of iPad OS. So maybe there's even more in store and it's going to it's going to really show like its purpose right now. Um, you know, uh, uh, John was saying that <clears throat> they're getting ready for the arm transition. Uh, mm. uh, Bloomberg kind of you know, came out with an article saying the same thing and that it's going to be ready for 2021. Now you might hear 2021 and go, oh, we're not going to hear anything about it at WWDC, but, but they got to get all these developers ready making apps for these new processors. So if they are going to do a transition, it would be very smart for Apple to say, we're doing this transition. Here's a look at maybe one of the products we're working on. And by the way, <clears throat> that iPad Pro, which now has a trackpad and a keyboard, Maybe <laughs> load up the beta on this. Here's Xcode. Start working on it. You know what I mean? Like, who knows what they're going to, who knows what their strategy is? Maybe John knows what their strategy is. I don't, <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm thinking like if they're trying to do this, because I, I feel like, why did they rush this out in a way? Yeah. It felt like very like, why didn't they announce this with, uh, well, they did announce new iPad Pros, but like, why now? And why not wait till uh, the next version of iPad OS. It almost feels kind of weird to me in that way. The keyboard, you mean for the keyboard? Yeah. There's a lot of weird things that Apple's done this year that, um, like I said, the iPad Pro with kind of the half step processor upgrade, which isn't even a half step. But I think ultimately we'll, we'll have a better idea as time goes on if this was just a fluke year. Um, it could be that they had a cycle they needed to hit and the only way to hit it would be to use the old, slightly older processor and they needed to get this keyboard out and it just didn't line up with all the other things and they came and ran into delays they did not expect. It could be as simple as that. Um, it also is interesting to know, note that like we don't actually know on the Samsung side of things if they've run into the same thing. Like maybe they were going to release a new tablet or something and we're just not aware of it because we're not, you know, it's either not leaking or people don't care enough to find out the information or whatever the case may be. Um, it is interesting that all of this has happened at one time. I believe that any smart company will learn from this year and take these learnings into the, the future of manufacturing and the future of coming out with new products because there's a lot to learn from 2020. There is a lot to learn from 2020. Uh, it's just been a weird year all around. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a weird year. You know, I was going to ask you at the start of the show, is is Kim Jong-un dead? Like, what's what do you think? I, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know. Jern, is he dead? Yeah, Jern, Jern knows. Jern, what are your sources saying about Kim Jong-un? Is he dead? <laughs> uh, can we get a can By we get the way, collaboration? are are we supposed to find out in WWDC that um, iPad, is that the, the implica implication that we're going to find out that you can start doing Xcode in iPad OS? OS? Is that what Potentially, the rumor is? Yeah. Uh, That'd be crazy. Possibly. I mean, I'm, I'm sure John knows, and maybe it's not ready. But uh, if they're doing this <laughs> ARM MacBook stuff, I don't, I don't know. They need a development platform to test this stuff out. They could either send, send developers a new hardware product, which... I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking maybe, hey, the solution is here's Xcode on iPad or here's a way to load Mac OS on iPad for the time being for developers only and you can test it out, right? If it's using the same processor. I don't know. There, there's a bunch of open questions. I know Renee was talking about uh, when we had him on the show, he was saying 
he can see Final Cut Pro coming over and stuff like that. But what do you do about the RAM situation? Because the way that yeah. uh, Mac OS uses RAM and iPads use RAM is, is so different. You can have a bunch of applications open on your Mac and it will start eating into your hard drive space to make virtual RAM. But on the iPad, it doesn't do that. It'll just crash the app if, it, if there's no RAM available. So they have to. But there's like real multitasking on, on a Mac though, right? So you don't even necessarily need all that RAM. Uh, for final guy you might i don't know <laughs> oh yeah i, guess I, mean, who knows? <laughs> I think you do but uh uh john yeah, says he has no know. idea if they'll talk about final cut pro logic or xcode at wwdc i just know that it's happening as part of project mars fan so yeah it's it's a lot of stuff up in the air it's gonna happen eventually um but if bloomberg's saying they're getting ready for this transition in 2021 to sell to sell a product in 2021 you would think they want to get developers on board right now yeah, I'm trying to think it through. Because they did, um, and, and there's history to, to prove that uh, when Steve, when they did the, back in the day, uh, Macs used to not use Intel. They used to use PowerPC. And they did this whole transition year where they basically said, you know, we're going to release Macs with Intel chips. So you got to you gotta start writing apps for it, and they're going to be released in a year. And here's a, here's a quick thing of this Intel Mac, and look at the performance and how great it is. Yeah, you got to start getting the the ARM software ready because uh, in order for people to even transition over to be interested in buying it, I need to have all my major apps available for it. So it makes sense to a year in advance, no less than say, okay, it's, here's where you start transitioning your stuff over. It's a lot of work, and it is a if if Apple does go through with this, which all indications seem to be yes, they will be going through with this. There's way too many sources saying they're going to do it. This is a huge risk to do, actually. Because Macs aren't like the top selling thing in the world. You know, everything's mm -hmm, centered right. around smartphones right now and mm -hmm. not even iPads. You know, I, you know, iPads sell way more than Macs do, but even the world isn't centered around iPads. So Apple's taking this platform, which is a legacy platform and trying to transition it over to something new. It's going to be, there might be a lot of apps where developers are just like, yeah, I'm not making an updated app. Never mind. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. What are we gonna do? Sell like two apps on your on the Mac? No, we're good. Now I'm sure like Adobe will, right? That's a huge part of their business. Yeah. But you might you might be looking at a lot of uh, apps that you love, and it's like, nope, bye. <laughs> not 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 a big enough well, business for us. Apple tends to to be able to convince. Hopefully, I mean, like they convinced Oprah to come. Hey, to they Apple got TV. they got a big wad of cash. Maybe they're like, here's some money. <laughs> go go do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Someone asked uh, my, real quick back. Back to John's thing real quick. What is Project Marzipan for people who don't know? Like me. Uh, <laughs> Marzipan was the thing where they were going to, um, well, they called it something different. They called it Catalyst, but that was like the transition of bringing iPad apps over to the Mac. So actually I have the Twitter client mm -hmm. on my Mac and that's based completely on iPad OS uh, code. Okay. Or mostly iPad OS code. So, it, you know, it's this kind of like hybrid system of where it's going to be super easy to bring over iPad apps and iOS apps over to the Mac, which is mm. even which, you know, we're worrying about these legacy apps, but maybe the bigger money play is, well, we have all these great, all the development really is in these mobile apps right now. So bring them over to the Mac. Maybe that's even more money. You know, we're, I'm thinking from a legacy standpoint and maybe, maybe I might be upset, but maybe Apple might cash in more or have even more support for apps to come over if it's really easy to bring an iPhone app or an iPad app and just put it on the Mac. Mm. 
Well, uh, here's the thing. We are almost an hour on a regular podcast episode, so we'll probably need... Do we have anything else we want to cover before we, before we start think, to close down? I think down? that's a good place to end it. But Bram, uh, in the chat, yeah. asked me if my Z Flip is still alive. It is. It is alive. Nice. You are alive. Very nicely I, done. I got to do an updated video on this too, by the way, because... Uh, oh, yeah. I had no expectations that this thing would even be alive by now, and it's alive. So... It's kind of it's kind of making me uh, rethink my position on foldable phones. I, I really think these are viable, like now. Hmm. So we'll see. Well, if you're if you're listening to the podcast, of course you can check us out live, like we're doing here. You've heard us interacting with the live stream. We got we've had seventy strong the entire live stream. It's been nice. We uh, live stream across all the twitters. Um, of course, we have a new Twitter account for the GadgetCast, which is Real GadgetCast. Uh, of course, myself, Travis MCP, and uh, Gregory McFadden on Twitter are all live streaming there. Yes. So another thing we want to mention because we mentioned it the mm -hmm. last show, and and a ton of people did this. Um, if you could rate us on oh. Apple Podcasts. You guys, you guys did the last time I mentioned it, and we we got like so many new five star ratings and stuff like that. So if you we went to forty third, yeah, it was it was really when we good. did that. So if you guys like the show we're doing here, I know you're watching on uh, right now. People are watching on the YouTube, but people listening to us now in the audio show too. Uh, if you have an iOS device or a Mac and you have the podcast app from Apple. If you could leave us a review there, we'd really appreciate it because it does help out with the rankings and more people discovering the show. And uh, mm -hmm. scroll all the way down, and you'll see a ratings thing. It's really hidden. Yes. I don't know why, but it is. So scroll all the way they, down. They're, your try place. they're trying to hold us back, yeah. but they're not going to get us because GadgetCast is the most relevant tech yeah. podcast in the world. Yeah, and thank you to everyone who did leave a review because I was I was very happy reading through all of them. You guys, you guys made my day. Greg reads through every single one of them. I, do. I don't think I've read any of them. So Shame. just if you're leaving a comment, Greg's reading them. Um, <laughs> But anyway, we appreciate it greatly. Of course, we love all y'all. For those of you in the live stream, of course, hang tight. We got the post show, and I actually have something special I think we're going to do in the post show. If you're interested in ever being along for the ride for the post show, all you have to do is go to youtube.com slash gadgetcast, hit that subscribe button, and join us on Sunday when we uh, live stream this recording. But until then, we're going to see you next week. We're never. I don't think we're ever stopping this show. I think this is a forever show. <laughs> Until one of us dies. Uh... I was literally going to say that. <laughs> Greg will be first, though. All right, everyone. He's Greg. I'm Travis. We'll see you next week. <laughs>